Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 78 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. This is Adam, and I'm joined by Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. We've given everyone so many author interviews in a row that we kind of wanted to make sure we could do an actual big old list of recommendations. Yeah. So. But being that it's the end of the year, I know. we don't have a ton of people in the office. So uh, thankfully, January is very soon. So I created a list of hey, here's a bunch of big books we're excited to read in January. So we're going to kind of go through those and, and talk about them. Um, these are all available at overdrive.com. You can find them there if you click the Explore button, or you can just look in the um, details of this podcast, and, and we'll have them there as well. Um, so, yeah, this there's no real structure to this one. Like, there normally is. Free-for-all. Just a free-for-all, and it's just the two of us having some fun. So... Um, do you want to get us started with the first one this by Roxanne Gay? Sure. So the first one we have on our list, I have like this odd setup going on, i got to move my computer, That's okay. is um, <laughs> <laughs> Difficult Women by Roxanne Gay, who I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with. Uh, she's a big social media following, and she her book Bad Feminist came out um, a couple years ago. And so this is a collection of short stories about difficult women mm-hmm. yeah she nailed the uh, name I, on that I, I think difficult i feel like it's probably um they're probably women that other people would describe as difficult. i was gonna say i'm sure this is Roxanne. i think Day. it's a little tongue-in-cheek with but, the, yep. yes um so per the description it's a collection of stories of rare force and beauty of hard scrabble lives passionate loves and quirky and vexed human connection the women in these stories live lives of privilege and poverty are in marriages both loving and haunted by past crimes or emotional blackmail so it's just a big collection of a wide range of women and their lives and having read her in the past she has a she has a good um ability to look at um the interconnectings of people and you know the range of women and how we all are different and in some ways difficult mm-hmm. not for any particular reason you know yeah. what i mean like yeah again how people would maybe describe as being a difficult woman yeah and and she's very her stuff is first off anytime she says something it's usually well spoken and Correct. Garners a lot of attention, so this will definitely be very zeitgeisty. I can't even for anyone to grad school with her. Oh, I know, whatever. right? That's I'm like, I'm like a, a I, degree away. <laughs> I know. I get so sick. Wait, <laughs> the Kevin Bacon world. But yeah, this <laughs> is a degree so, away from this is so gay. silly. We've talked about this a few times <laughs> because you and I get to talk to you know, especially in the literary world, pretty famous people. Right. And we still, if I hear someone else knowing someone, I'm like, oh, man, but I, I want to. And then I have to realize that, I no, know. We, it's, it's okay. I know. So anyway, uh, we'll keep going. The next one that I wanted to mention was Carve the Mark by Veronica Roth. Uh, 
I first off, I got drawn in by the cover because it's it's really it's, cool. It is. Um, but the description of it is: fans of Star Wars and Divergent will revel in internationally best-selling author Veronica Roth's stunning new science fiction fantasy series. So right off the top, Star Wars and Divergent, I enjoyed both of those. Didn't love how Divergent the series ended, but that's another story. Right. I remember I'm with reading. You. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I will say though, when Divergent first came out, I was like, wow, what a great idea this is fantastic and obviously star wars that's when you're if you're writing a description of a sci-fi fantasy uh, you know kind of a space opera just throwing star wars in there is a good way to get my attention so i admittedly didn't know much about this until i made this list but again we'll just we're going to be pulling from some descriptions here to help people out but it starts it says uh, on a planet where violence and vengeance rule in a galaxy where some are favored by fate everyone develops a current gift a unique power meant to shape the future while most benefit from their current gifts Akos and Syra I'm probably butchering those they do not their gifts make them vulnerable to others control can they reclaim their gifts and fates and their lives and reset the balance of power in this world so to me it sounds a little bit like Divergent, a little bit like they say, like Star Wars, maybe a little bit like Red Rising. If you're a fan of, of oh, you know, yeah. Pierce Brown, those kinds Good of things. Stuff. So, yeah, I like I said, this sounds like a fun YA fantasy that I will 100% dive into. I also just put it on hold as you were talking about it <laughs> before we started recording. You were doing this. At, I was at our library. Like, ooh, I don't have to even recommend that one. They already have it. Yeah, so. that's the thing with pre-orders. Not all libraries get pre-orders, mm-hmm. or they're not sure about pre-orders. But some libraries have their um, their recommend to libraries. So if you look for one of the books and your library doesn't have it, there's a small chance they will have little recommend button yeah and you can suggest that they buy it and we're very fortunate our library lets you recommend a book every day yes so i know there are some people out there where their library the libraries choose the recommendation limits so some have Correct. a book a month a book a week uh three books every month etc we're fortunate ours lets us recommend a book every single day so usually we do we do yeah. um again we're just going to kind of haphazardly go through this so is there another one on the list that jumped out at you um there's one not on the list but i would highly recommend my bad that's okay you (laughs) you just have to ask me no it's like the only one (laughs) go ahead most of the books i'm looking forward to are coming out later in the year but i uh over the weekend had an advanced reader copy that i read of the fifth petal by brunonia berry uh she is the author of the lace reader which i've not read but i know i really want to because this kind of exists in the same her same version of Salem, Massachusetts, with some of the same characters. Um, it's about a 430-page book. So let me just put it this way. I read the first 30 pages in one day, and then the next day I read all 400 <laughs> remaining pages <laughs> in, like, a single sitting. Oh, my I God. I maybe took a break for lunch. That is spectacular. <laughs> it was so good. Um, uh, yeah, it's Salem, Massachusetts. It's um, a teenage boy dies uh, suspiciously on Halloween night, and their chief of police john rafferty is um trying to figure out this murder in connection with the murder that had happened um several like a cold case Mm -hmm. um dubbed the goddess murders and it's so good it was so well written um i love salem and she lives the author lives in salem massachusetts you really do love salem i'm so jealous you got i know yeah so it comes out um in january and i would highly recommend it it was it was really good uh i 
um i read one of my favorite books is uh the um discovery witches and this is not quite that same but i think if you enjoyed the discovery witches you will probably like this as well that is one i will be interested in as well Uh, another one that's getting a, a lot of attention i created our list by you know going through popular things on overdrive.com and in our marketplace, but I also, of course, looked at other places, Publishers Weekly and all sorts of places, Goodreads and all that good stuff, just to see what people are talking about. And a book that got a lot of attention kind of everywhere is Little Deaths by Emma Flint. Uh, This one, it's a kind of mystery suspense thriller, falls under all those categories. Uh, And the description is, in 1965, in a tight-knit working-class neighborhood in Queens, a single mother who works alone as a cocktail waitress wakes up to discover her two small children have gone missing. Uh, later that day, one of the children's bodies is found in a derelict lot a half mile from her home, strangled. Ten days later, Frankie Jr.'s decomposing body is found. So um, this, just the description of it, reminded me a little bit of Revolver by Dwayne Swierzynski, who we had on the podcast earlier this year. Um, I, you know, it sounds a little heavy, maybe a little dark, of course, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, the whole book is about trying to just to figure out, did this woman murder her own children? Did someone else do it? So, um, yeah, it's very much of a kind of like a whodunit mystery. I, I love books like that. I think that they're quick reads for me usually. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that one. Yep. And that also, most of these come out in January. So yes. Throw that out there. We should throw that out there. Yeah. yeah. We'll do one, another one where we have later. But yeah, we're going to do a big what we can't wait to read in 2017 and we'll have other people here. Yeah. So these all these books, these are kind of like instant gratification for the most part. You Correct. can get all these out in January. In so. January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to My Life, My Love, My Legacy by yes. Coretta Scott King. Uh-huh. Next year marks the 49th anniversary of her um, husband, Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. And I think it'll be very interesting um, to kind of hear it in her own words about just her life um, and relationship and and all of that. And after, of course, again, it's been 49 years. So yeah. She's <laughs> had a lot happen in the past. Yeah. Uh, her life is decades, incredible. Right. She's done. I mean, it's, it's one thing. It's almost, you know, that's like power couple, Kevin, because it's mm-hmm. like a cheesy Hollywoody thing to say. Right. But like both of them live such amazing lives and just everything that they accomplish in the world. So, yeah, I, that definitely stuck out to me as well. Um, one that I will say my wife <laughs> kind of brought to my attention and does seem really interesting is Roseblood by A.G. Howard. Uh, it's a young adult fiction. Uh, A.G. Howard has done kind of I think retellings she's done splintered and unhinged and ensnared and it's all of these retellings of fairy tales I believe is everything that she's done um, and this one is a retelling of Phantom of the Opera yeah, I'll say these words Phantom of the Opera uh, it's a so it's something where Again, it's young adult. It says for fans of Daughter of Smoke and Bones and the Splintered series will find themselves captivated by this pulse-pounding spin on a classic tale. That's good marketing. That's a nice little little snippet written right, right there. But, I mean, I we're huge fan of the opera fans, both the book and obviously it's good stuff. the Broadway show itself. So anything that has Phantom in it, count me in. So, um, Speaking of retellings. Go on. Good old Marissa Meyer. Uh-huh, your buddy. My buddy. <laughs> your, your friend. My friend. <laughs> she, 
She has a graphic novel coming out. Yeah, it's her first one, right? It is her first one. It's uh, Wires and Nerves. Mm -hmm. It is all about um, the character of, I'm never sure if it's Ico or Eco, but who is an android in the Lunar Chronicles. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, yeah, she's sort of your leading lady in this one. When rogue packs of wolf hybrid soldiers threaten the tenuous peace alliance between Earth and Luna, (laughs) she takes it upon herself to hunt down the soldier's leader. She's soon working with a handsome royal guard who forces her to question everything she knows about love, loyalty, and her own humanity. So obviously we're on a podcast and no one can see us, but I, you had this, like, you got, like, all, like, prim and proper to read that. That was perfect. That was uh, wonderful. She's one, of, she's one of my favorite characters. Um, her worker Liz loves that character, mm-hmm. and so she's, I think she said she's number one. I just asked her, I was like, did you know about this? And she said she's number one on the holds list. It was just pure luck I love that it. she ended up number one. <laughs> I love that in real time we're asking our coworkers. Of course we are. Yeah, it's just, we're having some fun here. You know what we do. Yeah. So for those who like the Lunar Chronicles, definitely check out that that graphic novel. Yeah, I would say plus, it, like like you mentioned, it's a graphic novel, and I think a nice introduction to graphic novels, people who don't usually read them, is to read one by an author that they love. Mm-hmm. The graphic novels are awesome. They're they just are so much fun. Agreed. You know, having the visual aids and and things like that. I'm a big Agreed. fan. Agreed. Another book that's finally coming out in January is The Hundred Lives of Lizzie Lovett by Chelsea Sidoti. Actually, I interviewed Chelsea like a while ago. almost a year ago, I think. It was so, so long ago um, because the, the publisher gave us this book. And even though it wasn't coming out until January, they wanted us to talk to her because they think it's going to be a really big deal. And um, it's really fun. It's a YA book and it's kind of a mystery. Uh, the main character's name is Hawthorne and... She is a high school student in a high school where a girl graduated before her time and uh, disappears after she's already graduated, and her name is Lizzie Lovett. And this girl previously dated Hawthorne's brother when he was in high school, and uh, Hawthorne gets really irritated that people are so obsessed with this case. Um, why why this disappearance of this girl, who was really popular at her time, like, why? who cares? And then all of a sudden, Hawthorne continuously is like this is so stupid i can't believe everyone so cares and she says it so many times that she gets obsessed with the case and ends up working where lizzie used to work and gets really like into this whole story and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what happened to lizzie and the story itself may not be super original but the way that it's written is hawthorne is this really fun character where she's constantly snarky and like there's entire diatribes of paragraphs where she's like insulting people and doing it exactly a way you would imagine a 17 or 18 year old girl <laughs> sure, to do. of course um so i i highly recommend it it's again it's there's some mystery in there there's a little bit of romance it's ya um but it's really really funny i really really enjoyed it and um if you are from where we are in Northeast Ohio, the author actually was originally from this area. So there's a lot of like Rust Belt, you know, kind of, I could literally picture the setting. So, and also Chelsea was on our podcast. If you want to. Episode 44. Wow. Look at you. Researching stuff while I ramble. That's right. Thank you. You're welcome. Right, Episode I'll sh- 44. I'll shut up if you want to talk about no, another one. No, that's okay. Um, let's see. I want to read Caraval mm-hmm. by Stephanie Garber. I'm assuming Carval is how you pronounce that. I think it's Carval or Caraval. Okay. I, I anyway. don't know why you're looking at me for a confirmation. I'm sorry. Yeah, We're I don't know. so I'm, bad at that. I know. 
It's the problem when everything like is reading. You're like you're reading it. You don't yeah, have that audio it's just in your brain. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Scarlet has never left the tiny island where she and her beloved sister Tella live with their powerful and cruel father. Now Scarlet's father has arranged a marriage for her, and Scarlet thinks her dreams of seeing Carval, the faraway once a year performance where the audience participates in the show, are over. But this year, Scarlet's long-dreamed-of invitation finally arrives. With the help of a mysterious sailor, Tella whisks Scarlet away to the show. Only, as soon as they arrive, Tella is kidnapped by Carval's mastermind organizer, Legend. It turns out that this season's Carval revolves around Tella, and whoever finds her first is the winner. This sounds a lot like um, The Night Circus, mm-hmm. which I was a big fan of. Yeah. So, I think if you liked The Night Circus, you should definitely check out Carval. Nice. Um, another one that is I saw on a whole bunch of lists is four three two one by Paul Auster Auster A U S T E R. This is all this is all in the description of this podcast. So if you want to take a look there, um, it's uh, the description is Paul Auster's greatest, most heartbreaking and satisfying novel, a sweeping and surprising story of birthright and possibility of love and of life itself, a masterpiece. And then. The brief description is, nearly two weeks early on March 3rd, 1947, in the maternity ward of Beth Israel Hospital in Newark, New Jersey, Archibald Isaac Ferguson, the one and only child of Rose and Stanley Ferguson, is born. Great name. From that single beginning, Ferguson's life will take four simultaneous and independent fictional paths, four identical Fergusons made of the same DNA, four boys who are the same boy go on to lead four parallel and entirely different lives. So basically it goes through all of their different lives of this identical person and each of them falls under the spell of the same girl, but each Amy has a different relationship. This The girl's name is Amy. Mm-hmm. Each Ferguson has a different relationship with Amy. So it's just really an interesting, creative way, I think, to tell different stories through the same eyes. So I'm that very excited. Good. And again, it's getting a lot of attention. That one's called 4321. Sounds good. Yeah. Um... For those who like their thrillers with girl in the title. <laughs> so many. There's so many of these. There is A Girl Before by J.P. Delaney. Mm-hmm. It sounds creepy. Not gonna lie. Yeah. She, um, the character of, this character is Emma, and she is looking for a new place to live, and the one she finds is like this, uh, describes it as an architectural masterpiece minimalist design of pale stone plate glass and soaring ceilings but there are rules uh <laughs> you're so good at reading these that's i should just we should just have like a podcast where i just like read descriptions just, oh my god i'll just sit here and listen to you <laughs> read it's it's like when emma and Kristen and uh i I think Megan was in here and they were doing cozy mystery titles and I was just laughing oh, hysterically. Yeah. That's the same thing. Like, I would just sit here trying not to laugh. Too. Anyway, continue. Okay, so Emma, not our co-worker. Not our character. co-worker. Who loves books with she, the world girl She would. Title. This is, like, totally her I book. Know. Although I feel like having the main character might freak her out a little. Yeah. But, um, so the, the architect of this house has some crazy rules happening. There's no books, no personal things. Um, and while Emma is there, she... Or wait. Um, then there's another woman, Jane. Anyway, who has like ends up in the same house. And then as she's there, she's discovering the untimely death of the home's previous tenant. 
a woman similar to Jane in age and appearance. And so there's a lot going on with this house. It's a little creepy. <laughs> so it's the girl before and figuring out what exactly happened to her when the new tenant um, moves in. And it's soon to be a major motion picture directed by Ron Howard. Ron Howard. I wonder if his daughter Bryce will be in it. Probably. I could totally see her in in one of these roles. I hope she's just not running in uh, high heels. High heels. Ugh. Chasing dinosaurs. Chasing dinosaurs. I really liked. That. I love that. I movie, liked Jurassic World a but, lot. But and her hair was always so perfect, and I was yeah. just like, Yeah, I know. Hollywood. I also love. I have a man. She's not just like. That. Well, she's not just running in high heels. She was like running in high heels and mud. She was running in high heels and mud, and it's like all white escaping too. Escaping a dinosaur. And like at the very end yeah. where they kind of had that homage to yeah. the, the T-Rex. Just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but be t- I enjoy her. And I, like I said, I have a man crush on Chris Pratt. He's just the best. Like He is. Chris Pratt is this hysterical guy. Where, like My wife and I talk about this all the time. Like He could come up to us and my wife would be totally hitting on him. But I'd be like, oh, you're such a cool guy. <laughs> like he, like we'd both be like, right, Chris Pratt? Man, what a guy. Uh, Chris, if you're listening, you can hang out with us anytime you yeah. want. Yeah, you know, remember in you know, Cleveland. Yeah. You know, in between all of the million things. And plus, he's married to Anna Ferris. Oh, I forgot about that. They're the coolest. Yeah. Anyway, I could. I love them so much. I listen to her podcast all the time, too. Anywho, uh, another book that I'm really, really excited about is Scratch, Writer's Money and the Art of Making a Living. This is a collection of short stories and interviews. And just list, the list of people that are involved in this is ridiculous. You mentioned Roxanne Gay before. She's in Scratch as well. Jonathan Franzen, uh, Cheryl Strayed, Jennifer Weiner. Uh, there's just a million different people in this. And it's edited by, I want to say, Manhula Martin or Manjula Martin. Uh, he's the founder of the Scratch magazine. But basically, uh, in this, he's gathered interviews and essays from established and rising authors to confront the age-old question, how do creative people make money? That's a pretty important That's thing. That's a pretty important know. thing. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, someone else in this, Nick Hornby. I mean, there's just so many ridiculously talented people that are involved in this. So that's called Scratch, and I am excited to check it out. Um, the Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden is getting a lot of buzz. I think our coworker Cindy read it and said if you like fairy tales, it's a good one. Um, so at the edge of the Russian wilderness, winter lasts most of the year and the snowdrifts grow taller than houses. That's that's very high. That's very high. That's a lot um, of snow. I'm not sure. So, but Vasilva, I have no idea how to pronounce that. We're bad. We are. It's okay. Um. Anyway, so the main character doesn't mind. She spends the winter nights huddled around the embers of a fire with her beloved siblings. Um, but above all, she loves the chilling story of Frost, the blue-eyed winter demon who appears in the frigid night to claim unwary souls. That feels like a read-by-the-fire type of a book. For it does. Sure. After her mother dies, her father goes to Moscow and brings home a new wife. Fiercely devout and city-bred, her new stepmother forbids her family from honoring the household spirits. Um, but, you know, so yeah, evil stepmother. Winter. It's perfect. Perfect fairy tale. Yeah, that sounds like that's like that sounds like a really good get you through January if you live in a cold area type of a read. Even if you don't live in a cold area, but yeah, the main character's name is spelled V A S I L I S A. I mean, it would be Russian, so Vasilisa. I'm not even gonna try. I know. Apologies. Yeah, we're that's okay. That's what always happens when we have these big lists of books. We're like, and this name, it, it, no one. There's like no writer named like Carl Smith. That'd be really helpful. 
Um, <laughs> actually, here's one that I can yeah. pronounce. Uh, Douglas Preston's. There you go. New, yep. Uh, a new book called The Lost City of the Monkey God, which I will admit to clicking on because it was fun to say. And then I got drawn in by the description, and I'm really excited about this. It's actually a nonfiction book. And the description says, a 500-year-old legend, an ancient curse, a stunning medical mystery, and a pioneering journey into the unknown heart of the world's densest jungle. I just read that, and then I added it to my TBR list, but then I kept going. And uh, basically it says, since the days of the conquistadors, rumors have circulated about a lost city of immense wealth hidden somewhere in the Honduran interior called the White City, or the Lost City of the Monkey God. Uh, indigenous, indigenous, indigenous tribes speak of ancestors who fled there to escape the Spanish invaders, and they warn that anyone who enters this sacred city will fall ill and die. And then, so basically, in 1940, someone went through there, um, tried to find this place, and returned from the rainforest with hundreds of artifacts and a story basically saying, yeah, I found this place, uh, but then he committed suicide without revealing its location. So... Uh, Three quarters of a century later, best-selling author Douglas Preston joined a team of scientists on a groundbreaking new quest to try and find the lost city of the monkey god. So, I'm in. Did you ever watch Legends of the Hidden Temple? Of course I watched Legends of the Hidden Temple. Are you kidding me? That totally reminds it's me of that. Basically, I just, I'm going to read this book like Olmec the entire time. I can't wait. I'm so excited. In fact, they should find the guy who voices Olmec For the audio book. do the audio book. <laughs> He totally should. That uh, would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, I, I thought uh, the same thing. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you have another one on here that you're excited about? Um, Once We Were Sisters sounded good um, by Sheila Kohler. Mm-hmm. And it is a... Joyce Carol Oates described it as a beautiful and disturbing... Uh, disturbing it's a very important word to get right. Mm-hmm. Beautiful and disturbing memoir of a beloved sister who died at the age of 39 in circumstances that strongly suggest murder. So um, when Sheila, the author, was 37, she found out that her sister Maxine was killed when her husband drove them off a deserted road in uh, Johannesburg. And seems it's a little... I don't know. <laughs> No, but I mean, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's, you know. No, I know. It's information not, came up. and Such a good description. I don't know. Uh, that's so um, and so the Sheila Kohler recounts the lives she and her sister led, flashing back to their storybook childhood at the family estate, and then tells the death of their father um, when she and Maxine were girls. And just, it sounds, it sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I can get behind that, especially just from your description of like, I don't know. I mean, well, no, Joyce right. Carol Oates, man. I'm going mm-hmm. by her. For sure. Uh, another one that I was interested in is Huck Out West by Robert Coover. Uh, so the description is, our leading postmodernist novelist turns his iconoclastic eye to a great American classic, and he basically writes a sequel to The Adventure of Huckleberry Finn. So at the end of Huck Finn, uh, on the eve of the Civil War, Huck and Tom Sawyer decide they want to escape civilization and light out for the territory. So basically, if anyone remembers the end of Huckleberry Finn, they want to go out west. And in this, they do that and kind of tells the story. And I'm a big Mark Twain fan, so I was that just caught my eye. And mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if it's written in a similar voice to Mark Twain. That would be a huge undertaking to say, I'm going to write like Mark Twain. Sure. But, you know, someone 
as talented as Robert Coover might be able to do that. So I'm going to check this out as well. It's historical fiction, obviously. Right. So obviously. Yeah. Um, Freaks by Amanda Hockey. Yeah. F R E E K S. Uh-huh. Get the spelling correct. Again, this is another fun carnival one. Yeah. Um uh, Mara has become used to the extraordinary roaming from place to place with Gideon Daverin's traveling carnival. She longs for an ordinary life where no one has the ability to levitate levitate or predict the future. I can see how that would maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets her chance when the struggling sideshow sets up camp in the small town of Caudry and she meets a gorgeous local guy named Gabe. But before long, Mara realizes there's a dark presence lurking in the town that's threatening the lives of her friends. She has seven days to take control of a power she didn't know she had in order to save everyone she cares about and change the future forever. Yeah. So it's young adult, again, in that sort of night circus. Yeah. Which, again, I love. It's just a really good setting for young adult story. Like, carnivals, there's 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 an air of mystery to carnivals as is, kind of, you know, like, carnivals and magic and what's real and what's not. Right. You can do a lot. Yeah. You can do a lot. So that's Freaks. That's F-R-E-E-K. Yeah. Yes. Um, The last one I want to point out, just because I just finished a uh, nonfiction book, so it's kind of on my brain right now, is Three Days in January, uh, Dwight Eisenhower's Final Mission. So January 1961, President Eisenhower has three days to secure the nation's future before his young successor, John F. Kennedy, takes power. A final mission by the legendary leader who planned D-Day and guided America through the darkening Cold War. So... Again, this just caught my eye because I just finished a uh, a nonfiction book that I'll talk about when we have another genre collection-y type mm-hmm. of a podcast here. But um, I like presidential history and kind of military history and things like that. So Dwight, you know, Dwight Eisenhower definitely caught my mind. And also just because there the cover this is such a stupid reason to see a book and want to read it but the cover has Dwight Eisenhower in front of a microphone giving a speech and my wife is watching the crown right now which has so many speech type of scenes you're right to make the face you're making at me but it literally caught my eye because last night she was watching the crown no I get it all of these different speeches that are give you know that are given that does happen and it caught my eye really because of those two things combined so that's okay anyway three days in january so that's a lot of books for january yeah there are so many huge books coming out in january and um i hope you guys have time you know what another book is coming out in january adam i really would love to hear about another book that's coming out in january jill please tell me my book is coming out in january and it's so good (laughs) i'm so glad you wrote a really good book Thanks. It's amazing. Wouldn't it be horrible if it was... Oh, gosh. <laughs> you're like, I can't in, talk about uh, this. It's like, yeah, I heard Joe wrote a book, but don't bother about it. And now, oh, my God. It's so good. It's called Running with Running with a Police Escort. Correct. It's a memoir. It is a memoir. And, and if our listeners come back on Monday, mm-hmm. there'll be an interview. Yep. It's the first interview we'll be doing of the new year. It's... I'm going to be hosting it by myself because our special guest will be Jill, who wrote the book. <laughs> Um, Indeed. January 3rd, correct? January 3rd. It's a week away from it right is. now. Although word on the street is Amazon is sending them out early, so. <laughs> I haven't gotten my copy from Amazon yet. I ordered it no, so long ago. I don't know. Some of are getting sent out. I don't Listen, know. Listen, Amazon. I ordered this book so long ago, and I haven't received it yet. It's okay. I have an arc, but that's not the point. I want to. I want the the real one to pay money for and all those things. But yeah, we will talk at length 
in a few days about that, and people can hear it while they're recovering from their New Year celebrations. Indeed. So if you want to see any of the books we talked about here, again, you can either go to overdrive.com and click the Explore button. We have a, a list that's titled January 2017 New Releases and Must Reads, or just look through the description of this podcast episode because we'll have all the books there as well. So we're going to make it as easy as possible for you to find these. Um, we'll also have it on Twitter and Pinterest and mm-hmm. Facebook and all those places if you follow Overdrive. Um, anything else you want to share with people? I don't think so. Heading into the new year. Um, yeah, we'll have a bunch. We have a bunch of fun stuff planned for January that I think everyone will really enjoy. Oh, I will say, actually, this is good. Um, if you're on Overdrive, and again, these are coming out in January. So mm-hmm. some of them, it's still December. So these are yeah. all going to be pre-orders if mm-hmm. your library has it. If you put it on hold um, because it sounds interesting, Overdrive will recommend other books that are similar. That's a good point, Joe. <laughs> so when you put it on hold, they'll be like, okay, your book's on hold. And then you'll get a, a selection of similar books mm-hmm. to kind of hold you over that until really it comes now. in. Yes. Yeah. Also, because while we have a somewhat popular podcast, not everyone who uses Overdrive listens to the podcast, so most of these titles would be pre-releases, so you can jump on those holds list before other people discover them. As it's, Think of it as like a bonus for listening to our no, podcast. No, that's very true. Like, I, I mean, I put, as before we started recording this, as we're smart. recording this. That's just smart. I just started putting a hold on a bunch of them, and I'm pretty high up on the list, so yeah. not everyone looks to put like they put holds on the the hardback copies mm-hmm. but you can put holds on the a lot of the digital pre-releases as well yeah so go now that you listen to this if any of those caught your ear feel free to go to your library site search for it and again either place a hold on it or recommend it if they don't currently own it so yeah uh next time we talk to you guys it'll be 2017 thank god because <laughs> As much fun as 2016 oh was God. with the podcast, the rest of the world was kind of hot garbage. Except for the calves. Except for the calves. That was the only Well, you, made, you tweeted the other day. You were like, I think it's the calves' it's fault. It's the calves' fault. Yeah. Uh, calves winning. Ripped a hole in the space-time continuum. Seriously. All right. It's towards the end here, but we should also mention R.I.P. Princess Leia. I know. She has a lot. We didn't even talk about any of her books. No, but you She can, has a bunch. If you do a search for... For Carrie, you will find all of her books. You can even just search for Star Wars if you want, and some of hers will come up. But, yeah, that's true. And you, uh, she narrates many, if not all, of the audiobooks herself. So. I think you are right. I'm actually... We'll just hold on for two seconds. And I'm going to look. Look it up. Since we're looking at everything else. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. So if you look up Carrie Fisher, you'll see that not only is she the author of a bunch of books, but she does. So it looks like she narrates all of the books that she wrote as well. So... Yeah, I know um, The Princess Diarist just came out a couple months ago, and that's all about her time on Star Wars, which mm-hmm. is very timely with Rogue One out. And yeah. So if you want to find out about what it was like mm-hmm. from Princess Leia being Princess Leia. Yeah. So R.I.P. Carrie Fisher, you were a fantastic inspiration to many, many people out there. Agreed. So... All right, 2016, it's been real. I hope you guys enjoy these book recommendations, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.